Quiet on the set. Okay, everybody, quiet on the set. Scene one, take ten, Marker. From the studios of the Modern School of Film, welcome to Murmur Meta. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur Meta, actor, writer, producer, Wesley Snipes and I, looking back, looking ahead, fake punching. Welcome. Welcome to Murmur. Welcome to Murmur Meta. Robert Malazzo here with you. I am the founder of the Modern School of Film. With you on Murmur Radio. Social handles at MSF Murmur. Twitter, Instagram. If you'd like to subscribe to the show, download the show, review the show. Reviews are great and good. They separate. <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. If you have a subject you'd like me to explore on the show, Email me that subject directly, murmurradio at gmail.com. I will match your subject with a guest, and we'll explore it on your behalf at your behest to your full credit, full marks. Welcome to Murmur. Welcome back to Murmur Meta. Murmur Meta allows me to break script a little bit or break format and go off script. I'm never sure which one of those applies, maybe both. The meta is to get right into it, to reserve a little of the overall context when really not much overall context is needed. And I had that opportunity not too long ago. I was invited to the Principality of Monaco, not a country, the Principality of Monaco. I was invited to do a chat with any guest of my choosing. And that invitation provided an incredible runway to reaching out to someone. I've reached out before. He and I have never gotten the timing right, but he's someone I've always wanted to chat with. I think he has so much to offer, more than meets the eye, and that meets the eye stuff is less interesting to me than the more. <laughs> so in Monaco, I was honored to get to the more with Wesley Snipes, Dr. Wesley Snipes. He's a super diverse guy, but more to the point, a diverse artist, a classically trained artist. Do we use those words anymore? Classically trained? If we do, it sounds like it's almost a pejorative. Nonetheless, in Wesley's case, it is not. It has served him well across multiple genres. I want to talk about the service of craft along those genres. Super funny guy, uh, but obviously an incredibly gifted dramatic actor, an incredible action actor. I like that. Action actor. He's done genre work. He's done high comedy. He's done high drama. 
cinema all the way and back again, worked with some incredible directors, has had historically a really fascinating relationship with Spike Lee creatively, one that may be revisited. They talk about it occasionally. I got into all of these things with Wesley in front of the live audience in Monaco, which was a lot of fun. Don't mistake their quietness for checking outness. Incredible listeners. Some of the references were far afield because we're talking about two cultural sensibilities. However, Wesley's work has kind of transcended that gap. A lot of American cultural film icons have Wesley's no different. I don't get into a lot of personal stuff when I have these opportunities. It's not interesting to me. Go to Wikipedia, form your opinions there. I think what Wesley generously offered in this chat was a a real look at craft, a real trained actor, someone you may not know to be as trained as he is and executing that craft, the shortfall of that, frankly, and the benefits of that. He was candid about his artistic failures, humble about his artistic successes. I think there's more to come. He's super active, working all the time. I was glad the dates lined up and he and I were finally able to chat. Of course, the best parts of this you'll never hear because they occurred over dinner later that night. (laughs) That's always the best part of the guests. I wish I could bring a recorder. I think that's illegal in most states. (laughs) I don't know, Monaco, maybe not. But it was super fun nonetheless. X-rated anecdotes aside, (laughs) enjoy today's Murmur Meta, Wesley Snipes and I in Monaco. Thank you, Monaco. This is going to be fun. Uh, He is an award-winning actor, uh, producer. He's written books. Uh, He's an entrepreneur. He's a thinker. He's a doctor. Did anyone know he he has a PhD? Did you also know he was a dancer and he acted on Broadway? There's nothing he hasn't done. His teeth are still sharp. I hope Marvel is listening, and I hope you are listening as we welcome to the Modern School Film, to Murmur Radio, and to Monaco, Dr. Wesley Snipes. Mr. Snipes, please. When in, when in Monaco, yes. Wesley Snipes, everybody. How are you, Professor? Oh, I'm quite well, sir. <laughs> quite well indeed, are I you must used, say. Are you using that PhD? Have you used it since... Uh... I have used my PhD a couple <laughs> yeah. of times. Every now and then I throw it out there just, you know, to get a better seat on the plane or either, you know, get on the set and uh, they'll know that I'm serious about this stuff. Right, right. Yeah. My lobotomy scar is healing well, so thank you for that. Um... Excellent, excellent. You're looking fabulous, <laughs> I must thank say. Thank you. Uh, next to you, not really, but thank you, man. Um, you know, I was thinking, of, this is a weird way to start because... A lot of people may not know dancing was part of your early DNA as a trained oh. performer. Oh, it's still my dream right now. Is that right? Yeah, you know, if, I, if, if, if I'm fortunate, then I'll fulfill what I always wanted to do is to become a dancer. <laughs> this acting thing is, yeah, it's working out pretty good, but I, <laughs> yes. I haven't achieved my real dream yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to dance and be a backup dancer behind like Queen Latifah or Lady Gaga or something like that. You know, man. That would be fantastic. If you sp- just as if Wesley's not here, if you spend five minutes with him, you will see how many amazing, uh, other than being a great artist, all the amazing artists you're connected to. Like you said, Queen Latifah, I'm thinking Jungle Fever, her film debut. And you have this really cool scene in Jungle Fever, which we'll talk about a little bit with Queen. Uh, but so many cool parts of DNA. I'm just talking like franchise saving and like Michael Jackson. Uh, the Bad video. Who in here remembers the video for Bad? Yeah. 
And oh, they're they're quite young, aren't they? <laughs> Michael Jackson. Do you guys remember Michael Jackson? How do you remember him? No, sorry, different conversation for a different day. But you know what's interesting about that video? It's 18 minutes long. It's a short film, essentially. Yes, yes. You know, I was supposed to work on the film uh, a week, and that week turned out to be a month and a half. Martin Scorsese directed. Martin Scorsese was the director. Uh, Q, uh, Quincy Jones was producing. Producer. Michael Jackson was producing. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other major choreographers were also on board. You yeah. know, and Michael being a perfectionist the way he is, uh, they, they had to work things out. And they had plenty of opportunity and resources at the time. So, yeah, yeah a week worth of work, which I thought was the most amazing thing to be working with Scorsese and the grandmaster Michael Jackson, yeah. uh, turned into a month and a half of you know, really, really going to class and learning what it's about to be a consummate performer. What is it about? As someone who was an artist at that age, what was it like being around these, the, the, this kind of Rushmore? You have Michael oh, Jackson. it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Actually, I even knew more about Michael Jackson than I knew about uh, Quincy Jones wow. at the time. Yeah. And the idea coming from classically trained professional acting school, the idea of working with Scorsese was every actor's dream. Yeah. So I had the right best after of... Raging Bull, basically. Yes. He had just yes. done Raging Bull. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was uh, all of our, all of my classmates, every alumni. It was all of our dreams to work with the best of the best, and at that time. That was the top of the top. You were a young buck, too. You were, well, I was 20, yeah. You I, were was, 20. Uh, I was 20, 20, 20? <laughs> 20, 20, man. 20, 20, That's 20 what today is half. about, 20, 20. 20, 20 and two-thirds, something well, like I, that. I, I wanna, before we get to the guts of the thing, I want to talk a little bit about school. You know, this is the modern school film. I'm kind of prejudiced because I, I kind of tend to not like schools. Or I'm a little cynical about it, but you were at the... High School of the Performing Arts, you may or may not know it as the Fame High School. You know, I don't know if that even resonates with new generations, but... Yes, I went to that uh, great Fame School. The Fame School. The coolest, here's the coolest thing about the, going to this school. It was made up of almost of students from every borough. You had to audition to get in, and you could study either dance or drama. Drama students could take dance, but the dance students couldn't take drama. Fortunately enough, I got, I got inducted in both areas. Wow. And then I chose the drama because I could do both then. But here's the coolest thing about the school. Every day at lunchtime, they would clear out the cafeteria, and we'd have a DJ. Oh my God, that's And cool. the DJ would play music, and literally we'd have a dance party every day at lunch. That's really cool. And then go back to class afterwards. Well, you know, I'm smiling because I'm thinking of that scene from the movie fan, which is Hot Lunch, and it's like, they're jamming. Real. It was real. And the craziest thing is that you, you got dancers, dancers in this. Exactly. So they're doing jetés across eating a hot dog. They, they're doing all of these wonderful <laughs> body movements and stuff, you know, while they're eating lunch. It's really, really cool, man. Breakdancing, hip-hop, uh, hip-hop was flourishing. It was growing at that time. Yeah. So yeah. now you had a combination of the classically trained performers along with the street performers like I was closer to right. more of the street performer at the time. Forget Kevin Bacon. It's Six Degrees of Wesley Snipes. But yours is, di yours is different because you were a match that lit a lot of stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I was talking about Spike Lee, someone you may have heard of. I don't know if you know this filmmaker. I hear he just won an award. He won a small award a in small the... A small award in America. <laughs> A gold one. <laughs> yes. A little statue about this tall. Here. Right. 
And he bald headed. <laughs> yes. Well, Spike caught your eye around Bad. He actually went on record saying, "I saw that. I saw Wesley and Bad, and that was it for me." We were talking about backstage that do the right thing. It's thirty. You're not getting old, but I am. It's thirty years old this year, 1989. Wow. Talk a little bit about those early moments with Spike. Was do the right thing actually ever? Was that ever a conversation? Because around that time was also Major League. Yes, uh, he was interested in me being a part of Do the Right Thing, but I had been offered a the, the film uh, Major League. Yeah. So uh, Major League was paying a little bit better, so I went and did Major League, <laughs> and it was in California. Right. Do the right thing was in Brooklyn, California. <laughs> do the math, <laughs> California. If I can tell a crazy story you about can do that, do anything you want. Uh, I almost wasn't in it because I actually was working as a telephone installer at the time. I was doing telephone technician work for a local long distance service at the time called MCI, and we were installing routers in businesses to give them access to long-distance service. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. And I would use my butt set to call my agent for auditions. <laughs> long story long, the actor who was cast in the role that I ended up playing got a TV series. And when he got the TV series, they had to replace his role with another actor. So they literally called me up, had me fly to California and audition. I was dressed... I had uh, come off of Streets of Gold, I think, not too long earlier than that. And I was wearing boxing shoes all the time in a flight suit, <laughs> a pilot's flight suit. So I literally flew from Florida to California. Yeah. And they had us audition out on the baseball field. I'm dressed in boxing shoes <laughs> and a flight suit. <laughs> all the other guys who are auditioning are dressed in little league outfits, personal gloves. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> the cleats the whole night. Right, 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 right. And when they saw me come on the on the on the uh, field, they, I could hear them talking. Oh, we ain't got to worry about this guy. He ain't getting the role. <laughs> the way he's dressed. Steve Yeager started pitching. Former to Dodger, me. yeah. Former Dodger. I had never been in front of a professional baseball player and a professional professional baseball player throwing a pitch in my life. And the very first pitch came from Steve Yeager. That's all. Awesome. Smoking. Bow. Yeah. Okay, so I swung. Clearly, I missed. Strike three. They said, okay, why don't you just run? <laughs> just run. And I started running around the bases. And because I had the boxing shoes on, I had no traction. Oh, my God. So by the time I got around to second base, I was way out in the outfield. <laughs> and all of the guys who <laughs> auditioned, they're falling out of the bleachers laughing. It's like, we ain't got to worry about this. <laughs> yeah, man, it was great. <laughs> And you know, they gave me the role after that. I was going to say, cut to... Go figure. You ended up running in your pajamas. It's funny, that audition is actually perfect for that role. Oh, yeah, it turned out that way. I don't recognize this guy. Say hey! Billy Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? How you doing? My man. Lou Brown, nice to meet you, Hayes. The parking lot is right out there. Thanks. Oh, and uh, don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. I don't remember a Hayes on the list. I think you're so funny, man. Well, recently we finished a film with um, 
Uh, a guy, the name you might have heard of. His name is Eddie Murphy. Kind of a funny guy. He may pretty, make pretty, it in pretty, this. Yeah, I think he's got a future ahead of him. <laughs> he does. And uh, it's titled Dolomite is my name, which is a biopic based on one of the early comedians by the name of Rudy Ray Moore in the United States. And he was actually a forerunner to four-walling films. He was an independent filmmaker who had no respect, no experience, and found a way to actually get his film made. It cost him maybe $100,000. <laughs> the first film ended up doing something like 12, 15 million. And then after that, it funded his second movie, which went on to do about 30 million. This is an independent film producer with independent distribution, four walling films in the mid 1970s. Certain things are ahead of their time. You know, when I hear that, I think of that. And, and sometimes we don't know things in retrospect, but Rudy Ray Moore, and it's cool that you all are paying homage to that. It's a great group, and it's, it's great to have you and Eddie. I, I can't wait to see that, man. You know, think about Spike, and, and, you know, just to skip a stone over this, yeah, you all ended up working together, a, a film called Mo' Better Blues, which was right after Do the Right Thing. And I'm, with all due respect to Denzel and that great cast. I've had a chance to work with some great ones, that's for sure. And, and they with you. You take that movie. And I think that's what's interesting about that role is I think you come away thinking, who's, who's that? Because I think it's a, it's a hard role. It's not the lead lead, but it, it's such an important part, and your work in it is amazing. But I want to get more to the point, the diversity of you, not just, we're going to get to the fun and killing people. I know you love that. Um, but I want to contrast it with something, and it's your work in Jungle Fever, which I think... It's an amazing film, it's an amazing performance, it's an amazing cast. We talked a little bit about this. The film, in the film you have a taboo relationship, let's say, with Annabella Shiora. And what's interesting about your work in it, you're, you pulled it way, way back, which is really unbelievable. And it's really smart, because you got Sam, the birth of Samuel Jackson in a way in that movie. Uh, Sam had been in Mo' Better Blues, and Do the Right Thing. And you get, and I can say this, I'm a crazy Italian, you get all these crazy Italians yelling at each other. And you kind of pulled it way back. Can you talk a little bit about that first like, deep dive collaboration with Spike in Jungle Fever? I think that was a, a real uh, natural lineage from the classical studies at college and how we approach characterization, building characters, how you find the rhythms of a character distinctive from yourself mm. and live that moment and live that reality. So I recognize that as an architect, it's unlikely that he's going to be a, you know, a hard rock or a superhero type the of The character guy. is an architect just yes, to... Yes, an architect. Right, you play an architect. Uh, and I actually had the chance to go out and um, hang with some architects and see what their world was like. Wow. They were very pulled back. <laughs> Talk about pulled back. Yeah, <laughs> very, yeah. very, very It's not like going back. on uh, drive-alongs with the cops. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you know what's, what was also interesting about that film was... Spike was touching on a very touchy subject yeah. in both the white and black communities during that day. And there were still efforts to redefine what blackness was or what the African-American experience and identity was. And there were factions of the community that abhorred the idea of a black man dating a white woman. It was, well, culturally and historically in the United States, uh, in the 60s, in the 50s, in the 40s, and going back even earlier. If an African-American boy looked at a white woman, he was at risk of being killed or hung. So this was still, there was a residue of that still amongst both communities uh, during the film. 
And this is something that Spike wanted to uh, touch on, but it also you know, created some interesting dynamics in my own home and in, with my own family, because here I am doing a movie where I'm supposed to be identifying with the African-American struggle, but it's a character that's married to a white woman. Spike also had a little bit of a target on his back philosophically would do the right thing. So this was a lot. <laughs> right. Still does. 30 years later. Well, you know, some of it is self-generated, too. But I'm just saying it's, it's, a, it's a loaded film. You could roll a clip one, s'il vous plaît. And then we'll get back. So where are we going? We're going to be together? We're together now. I don't know. You don't know. Who the fuck knows? That's the way it is. What about children? No, 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 that's not gonna happen. I'm saying if we work it out. No children. No, no babies. Besides, see, I gotta be married to have children. Or have you already forgotten that I already am married with a child? No, 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 no half black, half white babies for me, no. Aren't you Vera Mulattoes? The skin is lighter than mine. No octoroon, quadroon, mulatto babies, no. Don't you have a daughter who's got white blood in her? Yeah, so what? Look, at least in my eyes, Drew and Ming are black. They look black, they act black, so they are black. And it's hard enough just being black out here. No, no. A lot of times the mixed kids, they come out all mixed up, bunch of mixed nuts. No. You know, you're not that much different than my family. Yeah, well, your family is racist. What is this stuff you're talking now? It's uh, Jungle Fever. I don't think you have those issues here, do you? Does that dialogue resonate here? I mean, even, you know, we're looking at two parts of, of a bigger, big social issue, whether it's police and men and women of color, and then the, the interracial, uh, the restraint. Wasn't too much. No, it wasn't, and I know it we could take the piss. Didn't go too far. <laughs> Talk a little bit about it. Just, I always wonder about artists, when you watch something that's 30, a little less than 30 years old, what do you think? I mean, do you think who... Look at that beautiful bastard on screen. <laughs> I was actually looking at the haircut and was like, man, we could have done a little bit better there. The line was kind of crooked. <laughs> you need a shape up. <laughs> yeah, we need a shape up. Like, and, what the Clearly he was an architect. <laughs> uh, Bill Lee, you know, which you hear the great Bill Lee music, Spike's dad. You could correct any of the record here, but I believe that Spike's dad went through the same thing. He was his wife of many years and he separated and he was dating a white woman and that's where Spike got the idea. What is, was it like making that movie? Do you like to kind of take all the heavy subtext or the cultural stuff out of it and just do the work? Uh, I mean, with Spike, you can't really get around the, the dealing with the social issues on a day-to-day -day basis. He brings that to the, to the set. But at the end of the day, for me, it was about supporting the character and fulfilling what his vision was, even with things that I didn't particularly agree with. You know, there were scenes that we shot in the movie um, he thought made a lot of sense, and uh, I thought were absolutely ridiculous in the real world. And, but 
because you're the artist and this is the, the director's vision, you do as you're told, you do as you're asked. Ultimately, I was right. Not, not to lay this at Spike or anybody, but did that inspire you, you to become a producer? Because later on, you were really to become a producer. Did you think, I want to look at the vision as a collaborative vision in a different way? Was there any cause and effect? You know, you know what really pushed that was when I began to do action films. And recognizing the challenges of doing action films. And even more interesting is the appetite of directors and other producers for good quality action films. Yeah. I like the Steve McQueens. I like the Gene Kellys of the world. I like the Buster Keatons of the world. Uh, these were icons and images that I, helped, I, I was inspired by and also tried to model my, the scope of my performance uh, on. But there are a lot of uh, directors who don't really like action movies. Yeah. They take them for granted and they take the action scenes in them for granted. The final product doesn't reflect the effort that was put into it, forced me to recognize that I had to be in a stronger position to mm. have some influence over the final product, the creativity, the creativity. You've done action films? A couple, yeah. a couple. Okay, that's news. They, they that's usually, why we do these. They usually have XXX on the end of it, but <laughs> you haven't seen those, I'm quite sure. <laughs> Stick around, see what happens. I'm just, I'm blushing. That, which there is was rare. another version of that scene on the car that nobody ever seen. Thank God for Blu-rays. Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about when you mentioned someone like Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire or people that you use. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. I've heard oh. you use uh, you Douglas Fairbanks. I mean, I know. Oh. Forget generations. Oh. These are these, these are, are phenomenal, phenomenal action performers. Yeah. Even Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, you know, when you see them, they can, and triple threats as well. They could sing, they could dance, they could be physical, they could be dramatic. That's the, that's the legacy that I was trained under and which I come from and which we're trying to bring back with our Project Action Star uh, efforts. We are now looking for, and we've created a program to cultivate new action Performers. I love that. Body movement performers. And we call it Project Action Star. There was a time we asked actors to learn how to dance or use their bodies. I don't want to say you're a purist, but you are. But you're a traditional artist to me. I'm always trying to find a way to get the dance on, man. And every <laughs> Chris Walken. <laughs> you know, Christopher Walken, who you know. Another film you, may, you, you did, Kings of New York, which is uh, badass. Chris My first introduction to him was the scene where uh, the body's in the trunk and I have to slap him. Hello, Mr. Walken. <laughs> I hadn't even, we had, literally, we had not met. I, we hadn't shaked hands or anything. <laughs> and the director, Abel Ferrara, is like, yeah, you know, okay, this is what you do. You come to the car, and like, there's a body in the car, and then you just like open the car, and when he opens it up, you, you hold up and you smack him. I said, smack him? Why am I smacking him? Nah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> he doesn't know it's gonna happen. Nah, I'm not gonna tell him, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm like, oh my god. And that's what we did. The very first scene, he opens the trunk, I hauled up and smacked Christopher Walken. What's that? You tell me. I don't know. This is the only chance you get, White. What's it gonna be? Are you arresting me? Oh, fuck. Here we go. If so, do it. Here if we not, go. I got people waiting for me. Oh, shut the fuck up, motherfucker! Hey, hey. Alright, that's it. Come here, Frank. Come here, Frank. Here, Frank. Meet somebody. 
Christopher Walken is an old song and dance man. That's kind of where yes. this started. There's been an urban legend that he has it written in his contract that he must dance for at least one or two turns in every film. So even King in of New, New York. York. Yeah, he dances in when King of When you meet York, him, yeah. for, when he meets his guys again, yeah. he does a little turn. He does a yeah. little, little ch- I think you need that, but we could talk about that privately. Well, I, you know, I learned it from that. I learned that from him. Uh, to have that kind of freedom in your body movement and let that add flavor to your performance and your character. I, I love you that. Know, something I learned from Christopher Walken. I'm a good student. I go. I study with the guys. You're an incredible student. I was thinking about that. You're, I, I, I like learning, man. I like your Abel Ferrara imitation, by the way. And if you can, believe me, if you could survive Abel, you could survive anyone. I think you broke into a little Bill Cosby there, but we'll leave that for a different day. Um, so apparently, he, you did a you did some action movies. Apparently, you did one called Blade. This memory is very foggy. Do you guys remember Blade? Blade, like 1998. You know, it's amazing about. We were talking about this. I think this was the plug-in for Marvel. Marvel was in a crappy way financially. You could speak to this better. I think uh, they were in receivership during that time. They were liquid. We were yeah. Everything must yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty uh, rough. But I, I wasn't very um, aware of that side of the business, that side of the story. You know, the interesting thing was the idea of playing a vampire that looked like Shaft and that could fight like Bruce Lee. <laughs> Oh, it's That's a must-do. Awesome. Yeah. It's a must-do. Plays like Maze, runs like Hayes. You know, uh, all of my agents and managers during that time advised me not to do the Blade film. Really? They thought I was out of my mind for doing that movie. What was the common one. thread? Just because I was a classically trained actor, and why would I belittle, belittle myself with some comic book character? that nobody's ever heard of. How silly. You're not doing that. You're a thespian. You're not a vampire. Really and I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> I am a vampire. You're wrong. Well, cut to you not killing your career. Not only are you killing, not killing your career, to me you've led to an avalanche, a marvel, a marvel lanche, which we'll talk about. And you would also, you must know this about Mr. Snipes, your passion for Black Panther, even before this, is legion to people who know. Um, so to me, you started a lot of really great conversations there, whether you knew it or not. Oh, I'm in, I'm in. Yes, we had the, uh, we had the rights to Black Panther to make a film, uh, I think in 93, 1992, 1993. Unfortunately, we didn't have the, um, the technology at the time, and uh, it would have been an extremely expensive movie to try to create vibranium and... Wakanda, you know, it practically, as they say, with real sets and without the use of CGI. Frank Miller did a version of the script. Two others did a version of the script. John Singleton was considered as one of the directors. He was a hot guy at the time, as yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. How did John Singleton want to do? To, he wanted to bring the Black Panthers from Oakland to Wakanda. I, I just couldn't see how you could sell toys or merch, you know, doing that. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> hey, kids, look at my new Black Panther It wasn't cool. Action wanted, figure. I wanted, size. I wanted the toys. I wanted, you yeah. know, the vibranium. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go through blade all the blades like the Wikipedia. That's boring to me. You guys can look that up if you're interested. I'm more interested in what came out of it. To me, a real renaissance of form because blade. You know, we talked a little bit about this, and you know, blade, they didn't have high hopes probably for blade. Blade was a what? Incredible. It was like you take a, a tissue and you wet it and you throw it on the wall and see how long it sticks. They had no expectation that it would ever do any business. They had no expectation that people would come to see the movie, and they had no expectation that people would like it. They were right, obviously. Uh, that's a joke. The franchise has done maybe over, last I heard, about two billion worldwide since uh, it's come out. Deservedly so. It's really exquisite. Just a backstory, David S. Goyer wrote it. He really started some of the pitching it to New Line. Stephen Norrington, uh, we were talking about, was the original filmmaker. You may or may not remember from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's not a joke. Um, really great set pieces. I want to show, you know, I, I was thinking, A, my homework was to watch Blade four times. That's not bad homework, but B, picking a, a scene to show. I wanted to show something that was really you. Like really you working the physical stuff, the martial arts, you're, he's a black belt. I didn't put that in his resume. Your resume is like thick, dude. Uh, so I wanted to show a film. a couple of belts. You've done a few. A couple <laughs> of brown ones, a couple of pink. You don't play. What is this garlic? Yeah, well he said it would work against vampires. Vampires? <laughs> Who said I was a vampire, huh? Nobody. He's a familiar. A vampire wannabe. If he's loyal enough, and he proves himself, maybe his master will turn it. Wait a minute. You use me as bait? Get over it. Is all that necessary? That's a glyph. A vampire cattle brand. It means that Officer Craig is somebody's property. Another vampire tries to bleed this little hooker, then they have to answer to his owner. <clears throat> Deacon Frost. We've been tracking him for a long time. <clears throat> Officer Craig, you gonna be a little bloodhound, huh? Tell us what your master's been up to. Oh, great, now you're robbing him. You gonna rob me too? How do you think that we fund this organization, huh? We're not exactly the March of Dimes. It's fake. That's awesome. That's awesome. I hadn't seen that in a while. That was not, it was pretty good, actually. You, you got to here's what you got to do before you leave this planet: sit next to Wesley Snipes watching a Wesley Snipes movie. He was like, "Yeah, oh yeah." It was awesome because the rhythms. You know, and uh, actually we trained for a month before we shot the film. And when we trained, we trained to music. Really? So that we would have a sense of the rhythm and timing in the actual sequences. So what we try to do is choreograph the sequences so they're dynamic, uh, surprising. We don't telegraph what's coming next. And it has a rhythm, a syncopated rhythm to it. I think the pace is good because the fights you can see. Like a lot of times action yeah. is so fast, yeah. you know. And that was a big issue with uh, 
a lot of the directors, they tend to want to shoot and frame the film, the action sequences, waist up. Yeah. And we want it full body. I love that. But the that. challenge with shooting full body is you see everything. And you have to be well skilled or else it'll expose your weaknesses. What's we got that from the Grandmaster Sammo Hung. Sammo Hung was the one who we were talking influenced about and taught me on the, the choreography for this. We were talking about Sammo. I think Sammo is one of the great motion artists, forgotten motion artists, but people who know know. You talked about uh, Golden Harvest films, which Sammo was a big part of, inspiring Blade. Watch Enter the Dragon, the first scene is Bruce Lee in a unknown Sammo Hung. And Sammo, we talked about this last night, because it's really in sync with what you're, you're doing. Sammo wants to start a school for serious action art, teaching it, teaching choreography, teaching the making of, the filming of. Sure. And then most importantly, the editing. You actually hear things happen that don't happen. You know, there's some tricks. They lay in sound effects to make you think more has happened that is actually happened or you see visually. And that keeps people engaged. It keeps them emotionally connected to what's going on. You know, I was thinking Matrix a year later, 1999. But again, I lay it at your feet, man, running against walls. I'm, it's not a comparison study. I'm just saying it's really cool how these patterns emerge. That cognition starts at Blade. Doesn't start at Matrix to me. I, I got to get to one piece of boring thing, and we can maybe get to one or two questions. And I have a final question, the, the most important question, the reason why we're here. Blade again, or getting back into the Marvel universe again. I saw your teeth; they are sharp. He's right. You know what? That's also interesting. You almost weren't cast in the third one. Were they going to move on without you? Uh, they they suggested that. Well, look at the time. I, this isn't about gossip. I'm just yeah curious. yeah yeah yeah. At the time, the characters were the star. They, uh, I mean, if you think back to the Hulk, you think back to Spawn, you think back to... Uh, Even Fantastic Four, which has had multiple iterations. Those were the stars. The yeah. actors were invisible to the, star, to the, to the characters. And then, uh, with the fortune of doing this project, it tied the actor to the character, and then the actor kind of emerged a little bit more recognizable than the character because most people didn't know about Blade. That was the model that they were operating from, that the characters are more important than the actor playing them. So they suggested that I would be replaced. And then uh, they found that they couldn't find someone to, do, to, to play the role in the same way that I could, and we ended up doing uh, number three. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the business. It was just pure, you know, it was pure business. That's the way. No, but yeah. this is the distinction, you know, if you look at some of the current Marvel characters, think about the ones who you identify the actor with. Like the an most. Iron Man, Robert Downey. Oh, there's no Iron Man without Robert Downey. When you think Iron Man, you see Robert Downey Jr. Not so many of them have that yet. I agree. And I think that has a lot to do with this strength and the training uh, that you get from your classical training programs. It gives you something special, not just muscles, not just you know, a great face and uh, a nice butt or you know, big boobs. It gives you other elements that you can add to the character to distinguish them and bring something, and you say milieu, some kind of something else to it that is irreplaceable. And that's what you get with a Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Let's just pay it forward a little bit before we get to our last couple of beats. 
2015 at San Diego Comic-Con, they actually announced there was going to be another Blade. If, if you could script it, where's your heart? Let's say you could rule, you could rule the, the universe. Yeah, you know, actually, I think I'm much better now, and I understand the art form much better. Physically, as a martial artist, I'm a much better martial artist. That was my next question. How are you feeling? Oh, well, actually, I feel pretty good. Oh, good. Do I, do I look okay? <laughs> you look okay. You're going oh, okay. to be okay. You feel a little tepid. <laughs> are, you, are you peckish? <laughs> um, peckish. <laughs> go, go back yeah. to that point, though, about ready to maybe... Sure, sure, because we still, I still train every day. Um, and now we understand better how to get what we were trying to accomplish done. We understand how the camera move better, how to move the camera, the lighting, editing, understanding has gone up the Richter scale. And I think that uh, the film would be a much more dynamic film than even the first one we did, uh, the next one we do, which is, uh, we got a blade on steroids that when we drop this, people will see. We'll get a chance to do the full range of uh, skill sets. Blade might even sing a song. I don't know. I was going to say, watch for Wesley Snipes. Uh, one night the, only. He'll be in the wings, you know, back da- backup dancing Lady Gaga as a vampire. One night only at the Winter Garden Theater, Mr. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> the Wesley Snipes Review. As you hey, s- you know, when you, I was it. on the... I, I did a, I did a uh, Broadway piece in I the know, Winter Execution Garden of, Theater. Yeah. Well, you did Execution of Justice execution with Emily Mann? Execution of Justice. That's I used to work right. for Emily Mann. We'll talk about that Is later. that right? That's how I know. It was you. Wow. It was you, Fredo. That was my first uh, drag queen performance. Not your last. And I was, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. It depends on the vodka. Two Wong Fu rings a bell, but we, we, I didn't bring that clip along with me. No, no offense to you all. I don't know if they've seen that movie. Most probably. Two Wong Fu, th- thanks for everything, Julie Nomar. Wow, tough room. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, play, I play a very beautiful drag queen. Okay, not so beautiful, but I had a big ass. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful strong. He's got a nice backyard. That's just as we would say. It. And it's fascinating about you, man. And I knew this in reaching out to you because I really wanted to talk to you for so long. You talked about working in VR for the first time. And Wesley, you said something that was so smart and prescient. You talked about how VR demands something different of an actor. Absolutely. Virtual reality. Absolutely. Virtual reality performances. It actually, in my opinion, is a throwback to being a stage performer, an improvisational performer in a black box theater like this. In VR, since you have full 360 degrees of view, there's no place to hide your doubles. There's no place to hide the actor. So not only do you have to consider the technical uh, restraints, there's there's a certain border you can't go outside of within or you'll start to expose the technology. You have to, and you don't have cuts in VR as well. You don't have the ability to do a close-up and then stop right there and then come back after lunch and then do the wide. You got to do it all in one shot. That's a direct throwback to the days of being a stage performer. Absolutely. So for those, and, and this is why we wanted to put together the Project Action Star project, is to teach the physical performers how to act better and to teach the actors how to have better body movement so that they could service what's coming. Holograms, AR, and VR is coming. In some places, it's already here. What will the content be 
that services these mediums. It won't be Will Smith as a blue Aladdin. I hope, <laughs> I hope that's not a vision. Of, I hope that's not a vision of the future. But it, no offense to Willie, Big Willie. But you know, just to, to say to you something which is really interesting, and I say this to my students all the time: it's back to stage, and there's yeah. no breathers. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. think, oh, that's complete freedom, but with that comes a as you say, a not a cost, but a, an expectation, which sure, I love. Yeah. Sure. Amazing. Well, you know, the way we were taught, even back in the, the Strasbourg days. I used to work uh, for, the, for Strasbourg. Man, you, what a fortunate life. I didn't had. mean that as a name dropping thing. I'm just uh, saying. It's all right. I, you could drop that name anytime, brother. Yeah. It's all good. Um, they taught you to act from toe to head. The, your performance wasn't just here. It was from the top of your head down to the bottom of your two toes and two feet in diameter around you. So everything, every part of your body had to reflect the performance and the truth of the character. Now, with cropping the frames, you know, necktie just above the waist, it makes a lot of actors extremely lazy. And they don't learn how to live the environment that the character is experiencing at the time of the scene. I'll give you an example. You'll have people uh, seen where two actors are in a car on a dirt road in the middle of the night in somewhere in Nebraska. And they'll do the scene, they'll start the dialogue back and forth, but those of us who know what being on a dirt road in Nebraska is like, you know that they're flies. You know that they're bugs that go around, that fly around all the time. The difference I'm distinguishing here is now modern actors will play the scene. They'll do the dialogue, and then they'll say cut. But you never see them go, right. you know, while they're talking, you know, just kind of, while they're talking and having that type of, con type of conversation, right? Those little moments, in my opinion, reinforce the reality of the world that these characters are living in. And it adds more flavor to the to the performance. Uh, agreed entirely. And I'll just say one last thing. You know, not to get too in the weeds of this stuff because you and I could chat all night about. You know, I was thinking of Brando, Marlon Brando, when he started to talk softly in smaller dosages. He helped acting, but in a way he corrupted it because how many scenes have you seen at a bar where two actors are talking as if no one's in a room? Exactly. I exactly. want to see an actor, if you watch Nicholson in The Shining, he does this. There's a scene where there's a bar of people and he's ordering a drink like this, creating the illusion. The actor is the artist. The last, I had the privilege, a couple years ago I spoke to Donnie Yen, a collaborator of yours. Blade 2 alone is a comic convention waiting to happen. Norman Reedus, who you know, Ron Perlman, who you know. Donnie Yen. I asked him the following question. Dolph Lundgren I had last year here. I asked the following question. I'm going to ask you it. It's two-parter. Part one, a lot of martial artists who are in movies will say it's harder to fake fight than to real fight. It's hard to pull a punch or to miss. It's easier to just kind of do it. What do you, where do you fall down on that? Just curious. Absolutely, I agree. It's much harder to make it, to, to do it as for movies. A movie fight is much harder than a real fight. Relatively speaking, you know, I, even in movie fights, you still get hit on occasions. And our style of action and the way I was trained as a martial artist, we actually touch each other. We train to take the blow or uh, control the force of the blow. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, stunt people now, they don't like to touch, especially the Hollywood guys, which is different than the Chinese 
performers, the Indonesians, the ones coming out of Thailand, the, the Tony Jaws of the world, they come from the martial arts world and they're comfortable with being physically touched. The Hollywood boys, they don't, they don't, they don't like that. So it's much, much harder to do a fight action scene as a real fighter. <laughs> That's when it gets really dangerous, when you bring the real MMA guys in or the real boxers, and they're programmed to actually touch you. <laughs> that does, clearly, that's not going to work. Well, in Expendables 3, not to sidebar a little bit, and that was a different role because there was a lot of artillery and you played a knife expert. You had a mixture of MMA and, and a trained actors. What was the physicality like there? You know, Oh, in the Expendables? Yeah. I mean, it was a different oh. breed. But Oh, yeah. It's all, it's all good. You know, the coolest thing about being... Uh, down with the Expendables guys is that all of us have had films that have done very well and all of us have had films that have been a piece of garbage, <laughs> piece of crap. So no one could, you know, ish on each other. <laughs> no one could walk, in the, walk into the, uh, the, the, the stage or walk in the room, you know, with their chest all high and I'm the baddest one because you could point to that film was a piece of garbage, that film was a piece of garbage. And it's like, well, you know, you're right. <laughs> Bring your IMDb when you go to set. The last question before we call it a day, and A, thank you, man. This was a pleasure. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. It's a lot of, it was a pleasure. You'll make you a charter member of the Daywalker clique. Awesome. Or Night Stalkers. Be you would be a Daywalker. Awesome. Okay, so you could be down with the Daywalker clique. The last question, which is actually really more important, would you punch me? <laughs> I've been punched by some of the greatest. I don't do that anymore. Can, can, like, not real punch. Can you fake? Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I should have, this is a very important distinction. Can you show me, like, the articulation? How would the give and take be if you, like, what would you expect of the receiver of the partner? Just curious. Uh, for, the, for, the, for the punch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go this, we'll go this way. Okay, you're so. You're going to turn this way. So, no, you're, you're, oh, you're, see, okay. That's, that's exactly how it all starts. It goes wrong. <laughs> Cut to uh, the, the emergency room. You're like, <laughs> Wait, he said the other right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go this way? Yes, you're just going to turn. But turn your head first. Okay, not my body. Right. Don't turn your body like this. Oh, that's wild. But okay. here's the other trick. Yeah. When you, turn your, when you turn your head like this and you go, you still look okay. with your eyes. Right, with my, look with right? my you're eyes. You're looking here, you're looking there, you're looking where you're going to fall or where you might end up. Yeah? Yeah. So you don't go... And you blindly throw your body into space, yeah. Right, I won't do that. I, I, that hurts. You promise? Oh, yeah, okay. All so right. basically, turn head, then body, look, and then yeah, look. turn heads. Turn head. Head. Okay, you can touch. Head. I'm from the no, no. old school martial no, arts. No. You can touch no, me. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay? All right. What are you going to do now? Are you going to hurt me? Are you going to hurt me? No, no, no. You just turn you over. We're okay. not, not going like this. Oh, wow. That, that scared me. What's going on back there? Okay. But what do I... Do, do it this way. Yeah. Oh, like you give a dap. Right. What do I cue off of you? Because what I want you guys to do is clap when he's about to hit me. You can foley this for me. Yes. When I, how we do our scenes, we go, ready, three, two, one, action. Shot. Right, yeah. No, no, Big no. difference. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Three, two, one, action. Okay. Stay. Now, do you want me to do something? Like, should I move? <laughs> Just. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, do I keep it loose? Do I keep it loose up here? Wesley's giving me one thing to do. <laughs> Did you see that? Holy crap. You know, when Don, when, well, let's do one more. When, when Don, <laughs> it's lunch, everybody. No, let's do one more. But that is so quick, man. Can you just do it one more? Can you mark it one more time? Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I think so. I have a little, can you just say, are you scared but ready? <laughs> Are you scared, but ready? <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, one more time. Three, two, one, action. Ooh, oh my God, that go. was clean. Now, can I ask you one last question? That was amazing. And I'm gonna tell you something. What's cool about that is, it's kind of, on, you gotta perform that. Like you, you're really performing that. Things change depending on where you sit the camera. That's why I was saying, right. yeah, like if the camera's in back of me, we yeah. have more freedom. You know, or... this is why I think some of the, the performers that are coming out of South Korea, coming out of Indonesia, clearly the great grandmasters in China, they're very special because even the cameramen train the martial arts. So sometimes they know where the, uh, where the shot is supposed to end. And if the actor overshoots the shot, overshoots the mark, they can adjust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they have the physicality and they have an understanding of the rhythms of the martial arts to yeah. be able to move. That's why you can see some of the old Run Run Shaw films. Oh man, the Shaw you brothers, know. Run oh, Run Shaw. Phenomenal. Amazing. What they would do with the cameras, they'd zoom in and they'd pull out and they slide over here. And by the time the actors in the, the, the sequence got to where the camera was, they were already framed That's amazing. For, the, uh, for the money shot. It's a, it's a choreography, it's a dance. Can, can I ask one quick question before we go? Uh, sorry man, I know it's early to get you moving this way. Would a kick be any different? Like if you ki kicked me, sorry, that hurt. Would you, if you kicked <laughs> Well, see, the, the, thing, the thing is that when we kick, we actually touch. We, really? don't, we don't do these kind of kicks. What do you do? You can we hit kick. me. I'm, I'm, I'm right. No, we kick. Oh, oh, don't hurt me. Oh, my God. <laughs> we kick. That's so scary. But, but, what, so, but you, you do it in that speed? Well, we try to do it faster. Or we, you know, depends, depends on the frame right. rate of the camera. Right. Yeah, so some things, you know, if you're doing a close-up, you actually, you don't want to do it fast. You want to do it slower. Let's just do one kick with a clap and then we'll go. But tell me, what is my recognition? Like, what, what do I do? Like, what is my... Uh, we're done with this. Do I, like... Uh, uh, do I make a noise? <laughs> <laughs> I go up an octave. No, but what I'm saying, what do I cue off of you? You were telling me, when you say action, you, you're going to go back, and that's... Well, here's, the here's the trick. Yeah. The kick is going to push you back, but if you throw your arms for, forward, yeah. it'll give it more uh, the illusion of greater impact. Okay, so let's see if I can do this, and, th and that's, that's a wrap, so I gotta throw... Man, why don't you do it the reverse? Why don't you kick me? Oh, shit. And uh, then that way I can demonstrate it better. Okay, than so you can... how do I kick you, like, just... Ah. Uh, okay, <laughs> that works, no, 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 okay. no. Okay, uh, okay. Film school professor, martial artist. <laughs> I'll okay, buy it. so th I'm gonna kick Wesley, and when I kick him, because it's gonna floor him, he's done for the day. Give me a clap. Remember, all right. three, two, one. One action. Action, bah. I'm not no, going to no, touch it's okay. it. Oh, it's okay. 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 Sweet. It's okay. okay. Ready? Three, right. two, one, and there we go. First of all, before, because this is the last we're going to see of him, we want to thank Wesley Snipes for being with us here today, everybody.
want to thank you for being here with us today. And right here is the artist formerly known as Wesley Snipes, everybody. So, um, camera sound speeds, yeah. Oh my God, which leg? Like this one? Did you hear he just totally insulted me? That was awesome. He's like, that's as far? Okay, great. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so action. Sorry, three, two, three, two, one, action. Ready. Ready. Action. Okay. Ready. Three. Ready, clap. Ready. Three, two, one, action. Yeah. Yeah. I kicked his, I totally kicked his ass. Wesley Snipes, everybody. Thank you, Monaco. Apiento, thank you so much. We'll see you again. Bonjour. Wesley Snipes, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again. One somber note to leave you on, sadly, as we say goodbye and murmur meta. That fight tutoring that Wesley gave me that you heard near the end of the talk, the contact he accrued from my stealthy blows to him, one in the sternum, one in the lower buttocks, uh, proved to be fatal. In short, Wesley Snipes is dead. I want to thank Wesley Snipes for being with us today on Murmur Meta. I want to thank you for being here with us today on Murmur Meta. Social handles at MSF Murmur, Twitter, Instagram, follow the show. Email me directly, murmurradio at gmail.com. If you have a subject you'd like me to tackle on Murmur, I will match your subject with a guest. No fatal blows this time. I promise I will keep my hands and feet in airplane mode. No headbutts either, I promise. Don't be afraid. There are movies after death. See ya.